Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I'm feeling the power of love. And oh, really? Yes, nice. and I am not referring to Celine Dion or even Frankie Goes to Hollywood this time. But I've been thinking a lot about love today. <laughs> Unrequited love of my own, but also... Oh. I know, life's hard, isn't it? But also um, <laughs> love that brings people together. And today we have not one, but two guests, Russell Tovey. Yes! Double trouble. One is someone that you and I actually met at Louis Vuitton years ago at some random event. And um, yes. I remember us all hanging out. A bit. That was a Kim Jones uh, event, wasn't it? That's what it was. It was Kim Jones. And you were wearing yep. that T-shirt. Yep. I remember that graphic T-shirt that he made you mm-hmm. wear. Yeah. And she is a leading singer-songwriter, incredibly talented, has a new album on the way. And the reason I bring up love is because today we are also meeting her incredible husband, who is in the art world like like I am and like you are. And I've never actually met Casper, but I'm looking forward to chatting to him today so yeah love is an important thing and i also really respect both of them because they seem to be incredibly compassionate people who deeply care about art as well as the environment and lots of other issues which we will be discussing in today's episode so we would like to welcome to talk art Casper Joplin and Ellie Golding. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi guys. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much for having How us. How are you both today? Really yeah. good. Of course. God, it's a pleasure. Where are you in the world? We are in Oxfordshire. In our little cottage. Yeah. yeah. Good one. What's the art like in, in Oxfordshire for you guys? I'm in a room with Petabons. Ellie's in a room with Meritu. Ooh. Um, oh wow! Ooh, that's proper. Uh, yeah, I've got a cat and a piano. We've got some, we've got some good art going on here. Yeah, but that we probably shouldn't tell people. Is it, is it a big Julie mirror too upstairs? Is it a big one? I wish it was a big one. <laughs> no, it's a little. <laughs> it's a little uh, work on paper. Where's well, a uh, vellum and paper? And mm-hmm. uh, Ellie bought it from auction from from Sotheby's about oh, wow. two or three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But we we love her work so. We actually, there's an, and there's an, 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 another piece above above the toaster, which we, we moved the toaster, but there's two, there's two pieces in the kitchen. It's strange to be sitting in different rooms in the house, but... It is, if, yeah, you're both on this chat. <laughs> <laughs> is that normal? Have you spent a lot of time apart during lockdown within the same house, or do you find that we works? Actually, I, we actually have. I think, I think, I don't know what Casper thinks, but we, I think it's worked really well. It's felt like, because this cottage is quite small, so... Uh, we put the Meritu up because it's 
you know, it's literally become the central feature of the kitchen, kind of everything, you know, surrounds it. Um, So I've been upstairs at the kitchen table quite a bit, whereas Casper has been downstairs studying uh, away from me and my singing. And I also, I've also (laughs) built a sort of mini studio in the little living room uh, and I've got the piano in there got the guitars got the synth mm. got um, a bit of recording I say recording stuff uh, because this quarantine time has made me realize how uh, technologically inept I am um, <laughs> and it's been really stressful I've been it's been a lot of sweating um, but yeah so actually it's kind of I think what do you think Casper I think it's worked quite well it's kind of it's, separate yeah thing. it's worked it, it's worked very well and I the same way Ellie's built a studio, I've built a little um, office slash man cave in the basement that has uh, it has my my desk with my multiple monitors, has a fridge with my beers in, and then it has <laughs> lots of little sort of gem artworks that uh, mean something to me or that I've collected over over time that um, aren't in the kitchen or the li- there isn't there isn't much wall space in this house, which is a shame. That's an understatement. But right. uh, we have a we have a, yeah we have a lot of art leaning against the wall um in various parts of the house do you buy do you buy work thinking what i mean do you buy work and think oh, i'm gonna we're gonna put that in oxford or we're gonna keep that in london or we're gonna take, take that somewhere else or do you buy the work and then think where you're gonna definitely put it? the latter i mean i, I yes yeah that that to, to me I, I don't really think of how it fits in a room and actually i just i just got off a long phone call with someone who's trying to fill one wall in their apartment in miami and and I, um, I'm trying to help them with that, but I'm also not too good at finding something at certain dimensions. I'm, I'm more, I more look at the art itself. And I can't imagine looking at it like that. You know, I can't imagine yeah. someone saying, I can't imagine saying to someone who's trying to, you know, in this case, Casper, who is, I suppose, technically like my sort of, I don't know, art dealer. Ooh. Um, but um, but, uh, <laughs> I, but I couldn't think of it in terms of dimensions where I've, I've heard uh, if Casper's ever been on the phone I have heard and he's on you know it's on loud or whatever I have heard people say yeah I've got this huge space that I want to fill with something but I, I, I think you know we have bought we've got a ginormous Tracy M in um, which I absolutely adore but and it's currently in in storage. Um, sadly, God, that's just so sad. Uh, but we haven't gone anywhere. We literally don't have wall space for it. But we, ha- but I had to have it. It was my mm. kind of diva moment where I I saw it and fell in love with it and said I have to have this regardless of wall space. So I'm just <laughs> glad that it is in my possession and at some point in in the future I can I can have it somewhere. But and you did actually yeah. live with that in New York, didn't didn't you? Because I saw a photo of you in New yes, York. Yes, we did put it we put it up in New York. We had we very, very temporarily had this huge apartment. It was kind of like wow. my rock star era where <laughs> I I said to, I said to my accountant who was quite nervous about this and I said that I you know, I'd spotted this apartment and I mean, it was short lived for that reason, because it was such mm-hmm. a huge apartment and uh, not that affordable. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was we did have it up temporarily, but mostly it's been sadly in storage. But hopefully it will come back out again. Where soon. did you see the work? Did you see it in a in a art gallery context or a museum or Ooh. a 
We're <laughs> we, wait, where, we, did we see that at, um, at Art Basel, Casper? This is, it's a, it's a bit of an awkward uh, part in the conversation. You, you you oh, this is it. art politics we, now. No, no, well, we, we, <laughs> we, we actually bought it from uh, Xavier Hufkins, who uh, oh. is, is not the, the gallerist family Tracy, who, who we really love, who is family. So, so yeah, we can, we can cut that bit out of the podcast. But... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, we keep it in. Keep it in. Is it, <laughs> okay. This is gossip, after all, art gossip. But but since then, in terms of not having wall space, it's since then we bought a similarly sized Donna Juanco picture from oh, wow. yeah. Javier Perez. Who Perez project? We, we yeah. yeah yeah exactly. We we love her paintings, yeah. and and then we actually bought a George Roy picture. I don't know if you know his work, but mm-hmm. also a sort of younger artist, which is which we really like the look of. I think that might Donna, have been from Donna Perez Donna well. is amazing as well. I went to her early performances in Paris before she was even signed up to a gallery. And then she did the Zabladovich collection in London and a few other oh, things. Yeah, of course. I actually loved her whole immersive like performances with all the the kind of naked figures and exactly yeah yeah. I've I've actually I've I've shown Ellie these videos and I'm I'm trying to get her to reach out and Ellie's new album is called Brightest Blue so I, I it's yeah. it's a lot of Donna's work is blue and yeah. um the sort of performative art side of it is also very cool um and also actually as soon as I, I I I've actually never seen a performance but I've seen pictures and videos of them and they remind me of Eddie Peake's performances which I have seen and I yes love. I've seen and actually they, those, they, yes. they were all coming up at the same time as well so I think there was a kind of zeitgeisty thing happening where you had a lot of kind of performance art all happening at the same time. A bit of nudity really in performance art as well. Yeah. And yeah. nudity, yes. Lots of nudity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned Art Basel, Ellie. It's going to galleries and art fairs, because I've also seen you at Freeze before. And actually, I think Casper even posted a Billy Childish off my booth uh, last year. So oh. big up to Casper. Oh, did I? Well done. I really yeah. like, yeah, I like Billy Childish. Yeah, you I also love Carl Freeman Gallery. Thank you, thank you. But um, yeah, so do you guys go to art fairs and galleries a lot together? Is that is that kind of part of your dating history at all? I, I was going to say I was going to just do a jokey thing that Casper drags me along, but that's not true. I, I really do, I really do love uh, going to galleries and seeing new things. And um, I'm not, you can't really compare it to like seeing, you know, when you go to a, a, like a fashion show and you see things for the very first time, and it's very exciting. Um, mm. But mm. I think Casper has. I have to. Um, give credit to Casper that he has he has got me into a lot of things I did I did collect a bit of art before I met Casper um I would say how would you describe it Casper what what I had before before uh, you uh, said that I got taste <clears throat> <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it was it was decorative art but it was it was it, it looked nice in the house and it was no it was I think by... I was gonna say I was thinking about it earlier actually that I I feel like it was a lot of dark stuff you know it's predominantly yeah kind of it, it wasn't for everyone it was it was stuff that made you feel slightly uncomfortable it was a lot of um kind of ghostly like um, things like shipwrecks and skeletal oh, things wow. I bought these kind of I, I've put them in cages uh, not cages I put them in kind of cabinets <laughs> because of my cat yeah. my cat absolutely loves hanging on them obviously um but they're like kind of skulls but they're quite gothic uh, style yeah kind of gothic and I think I've always had that kind of taste I think um since since my teens I've always kind of liked having things around that make me feel um weirdly kind of safe and uh have always you know I've always been kind of had a like a maybe dark darker songwriting style I mean I've always made kind of you know happy and bright pop music but my lyrics have always had kind of a darker side and I think 
I think the art kind of reflected that. I think in a weird way they kind of made me feel safe and then and then Casper came along and just kind of completely opened me up to things and I realized that you didn't have to have you know black and white art and photography and dark things to uh, you know as as expression and so I just discovered mm. a whole new world and um, particularly wow. through female artists. Funnily enough when I when I did come along and I went to Ellie's house for the first time there was uh there were Gormley prints there was a uh, Rakib Shaw, like all these artists yeah. that I know and love, and mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of the sort of white cube artists actually were were mm-hmm. on Ellie's wall, which was pretty. That was uh, that was a good. That was a definitely a good thing. And I and then <laughs> that and was a actually our, our first <laughs> our first date was to an Anselm Kiefer exhibition no that was way. in Bermondsey, wow. and which is a, a bit of a dark exhibition. Well, it was actually it That's was a, a heavy it was a one. Dub- yeah. It was a double. Yeah. We did that, and then we went to the Rauschenberg exhibition. Well, at, thank at, God we had things wow. to look at because I don't think we said a single word to each other on a date, did we? No, we were we were, we're we both were so shy. shy. <laughs> we were so shy, but we had so much Aww. to look at. And but but we I don't know. We I think we felt we had like a, a, a connection without having to really say a whole lot. So um, yeah. How did you meet? <laughs> did you meet through art circles? No, we met. I was. I just got to New York, and I had a show there. It was like a real pop tart show with with um, lots of American pop artists. I think Justin Bieber was playing, Sean Mendes, and, wow. and then and then it was just me. Um, you know, the only English singer, and um, and I turned up, and I and I'd been really poorly. I'd had this, um, I'd had this flu thing for months, and it just didn't go away and I remember feeling exhausted and then a friend of mine uh, who lived in New York said I would love to put a dinner on for you and I'd never heard that before I'd n- no one had ever said they wanted mm-hmm. to put a dinner on for me before mm-hmm. it's so a very American was, thing isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of I was simultaneously very excited at the prospect but also just feeling so rough that uh, but I, anyway I went and uh and then I think I downed a few drinks to sort of get merry and be in the zone and then yeah and I was sat next to Casper and I think the first conversation we had was the fact that I was I don't know how we got onto this but that I was vegetarian and you know cared a lot about the environment and then Casper talked about how much of a carnivore he was and then I was like well that's that um and I mean, you know I didn't think we'd see each other again I'm a, I'm a proud Yorkshireman I like <laughs> I like pies I like jacket potatoes but actually that <laughs> night I did we were having shepherd's pie and I made a, I made a lentil and sweet potato shepherd's pie for Ellie. So before I, think I even heated met it up. her, I think I, think I, was, heated I, was making it up. A, I was making an effort. I didn't wow. heat it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Casper, you were talking about um, White Cube earlier on and we were talking about, we touched on Xavier Hufkins, but we don't need to go there. But you share the surname with uh, a very famous uh, kind of leader of the British art scene, the YBA yeah. movement, Jay Joplin. So he's your uncle, right? Yeah, he's my uncle. He's he's always he's uh, he's always been an influence for me. Um, yeah, not not to be cheesy, but he's always uh, his his success and his um, what he's done was always, was always is probably the reason actually that I've. There are multiple reasons why I got into art, but I think it was most likely the biggest reason. Because you must have grown up surrounded by art and all the like the YBA artists and the White Cube artists, right? Well. It, mm. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was surrounded by them. I I, I went to the the White Cube shows. My my dad took me when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't really that into. Art. I wanted to be an architect actually when I was younger. And then I remember the the moment I thought actually I quite like art, which was 
in the gift shop of the Tate. And I, I don't remember which Tate it was, but I bought a poster, which I still say is the first piece of art I bought, but I bought a poster by uh, Terry, Sir Terry Frost um, oh, called yeah. June Red and Black, which is in the, it's in the Tate collection. It's a 1965 painting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very simple, but it's just, I, I could just look at it and I really liked it. So I had that. I put it up in my bedroom uh, alongside my poster of the Pantheon, which is my favorite building. Mine and too. I must have I love been... That Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's my favorite. Incredible. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I must have been eight or nine years old then. But, I, but I, yeah, I had, I had a lot of the uh, white cube, maybe buzz around me. Um, mm. yeah. But I wasn't, you know, Jay was busier than anyone I know still is. So I don't, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was that, um, I wasn't surrounded by them. You also did some art. I've, I don't be, don't be uh, modest. Oh, because really? You, were, you made art? I've seen some of his art. <laughs> and, and I mean, look, bloody hell, I didn't do anything like that when I was in school. Um, I mean, I did art classes. Uh, we, draw, you know, we drew out bowls of fruit and things. But, I mean, some of your stuff, Casper, is very good, I have to say. Well, th- thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so st- I, is the style in Terry, Terry Frost style? Is it like the, post-war no, 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 the, British? I would say... Uh, First, firstly, my art was not very serious. I did it in school. I did it in university, and I just as a sort of fun side project. But I, uh-huh. the influences, if there were any, are, are I'd say were Rauschenberg, um, right, right, Richard Prince joke painting. I made a I made a big sort of yeah. tarp of a of a joke painting, my own joke, which is what just was the as, joke, as, Casper? Uh, <laughs> yes, was, Casper. What was the joke? <laughs> it's probably not that funny anymore. But it was about. It was about rock, paper, scissors. It was about rock beating paper and something. It was something my sister had actually said to one of my, one of my sisters had said to me when she was very young and I thought it was funny. But I, yeah, so <laughs> Richard Prince, I did some Warhol. I, I was Hang very on, when we're hearing the joke, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on, Casper. I'm not going to, I don't remember it. <laughs> I've heard oh, Yes, you, you do. Actually, yes, you, you do. You make each other laugh a lot. I like that. <laughs> It was something about rock, actually, you know, the fact that paper doesn't beat rock or something, you know, because if you wrap a pe- rock in a pit, I, I don't remember the exact joke, but it was, it, it, but I'm sure it, it, it still holds its uh, humor, humor today. Yeah, good. Um, but no, I made, I made some, I, I was into silk screening. I made, I made some prints, I, you know, war, everyone's into Warhol. So I made some silk screens of uh, the Queen and of Darwin. I, uh, just so mm. I had this whole, there was a whole, you know, money. It was the Queen's face off a, off a banknote, which turns out mm. it's very hard to photocopy a banknote because all photocopies are pro- programmed not to, not to photocopy them. So anyway, my, my art, really? my, the I art I do was... That's a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was I, I had trouble, but um, I didn't have anyone knocking on my door, which was good, but, but I, my, <laughs> my art is not, impor- is not important in the slightest. Um, oh. It was just a bit of fun. We love personal uh, stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ellie, what was it like for you growing up? Do you have any recollection of going to museums or seeing things when you were a kid? Or uh, when I was growing up, oh my gosh, uh, I think I had quite uh, quite a different upbringing to Casper. Not in a not in a negative way, just very different. Um, yeah. I was I was more into I was very into museums. I'd never visited London, but somehow I got hold of. 
uh, you know, the, the like leaflet things for like the Imperial War Museum and the church and the cabinet warriors. I, my, my dad and my brother and my uncle, everyone obs- obsessed with the First and Second World War. So I was, I, I, I don't know how I had all these leaflets and museums, but never, no, never really are. I think I had a few, um, I think I've had a few postcards on my wall um, from various things. I think we had one shop in my local town that was like a, um, inverted commas like hippie shop that had that sold you know various posters and postcards and oh yeah um you know incense sticks and stick on <laughs> tattoos and stuff like that yeah, yeah. um so I think that was my only thing but I, I suppose I was quite out of everything um I think Casper probably had that you know head start with Jay and 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 kind of being surrounded by that but my, I mean my mum went to art college she was she was into her um into her drawing my dad was a guitarist oh. in a band so um, I definitely had more of a, you know, I suppose creative. arty, creative up- upbringing, yeah. uh, but um, maybe not in the same way as Casper did. What age did you know, Casper, then, that the art world was for you? I Age is, age is tough because I have such a terrible memory, but there was a, my grandmother took me to Venice when I was probably 11 or 12, and I remember it being, it was a big trip because it was just me and her, and it was very personal, and she wanted to show me the art because she knew I was interested in it. So I, it, it's actually the only time I've, no, no, it's not, it's not the only time I've been to Venice. I've been to Venice a few times, but it was the first time I've been to Venice, and I, you know, learned about the Medicis, which was really interesting. I went to the Academia, yes. I saw the Veronese's, the Canalettos, the Bellini, the Titians, mm-hmm. all, you know, all of those. And then mm-hmm. since then, you know, I sort of fell in love with Italy, Ellie and I both love Italy, and and then and then I. It's quite hard Florence. not to, isn't it? It's, it's just hard. another world. Yeah. True, especially for art. Yes, it's the best. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's so. So I, I, Florence is is my probably my favorite city in the world, and mm-hmm. so I visited there. That's where Michelangelo's David is. I mean, come exactly, on. Yeah. and all the Caravaggios, and there's. I mean, there's this. There's, there's. I mean, it's just amazing for Angelico. You you name it. Um, so yeah, I did. I guess I, I Venice and Florence, and then, and then I sort of flipped the other way and went completely contemporary and modern was my interest, and that's what I did in university. Um, and, and you, you, you studied at Harvard, didn't you? I said yeah, I went to Harvard. I did art history, and and I and you you have to pick a focus, and my my focus was modern and contemporary art. Um, but saying that, I there, there was a a brief flirtation with wanting to go into the film world, so I did all these. In, I did an internship with a Plan B in LA, which was, which is Brad Pitt's production company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I interned mm-hmm. at ICM, the the big talent agency. I sort of did all these. Yeah. I did Protozoa, which is uh, which is uh, Darren Aronofsky, and I did a, a, a few weeks in London at Working Title. I sort of dipped my toe in that when I was young, you know, all all sort of unpaid internships, and then yeah figured out in my last year at Harvard that actually I, that art, I, you know, however, however hard I was trying to get away from art, art is what, what was calling you back. Was, was cool. I, yeah. I, I found it really interesting, Casper, that you ended up, instead of going into the primary market, which is obviously Jay's territory in a way, you kind of went to the secondary market. Um, you, you interned at Christie's and then eventually worked at Sotheby's for a while. Um, was, that, was that like a conscious decision or was it just that you were interested in the auction world or...? No, that so um, I was interested in the in the art world in general. And um, Robert, if you can name me one person who would give me a US visa that isn't Sotheby's or Christie's, let me know. <laughs> but, but I that's how I I needed a visa. I wanted to stay in right. America. Um, 
I'd made a lot of friends at Harvard and uh, just in the US in general. And I just really wanted to stay in, in America, even if it was for a year or two. Yeah. So Sotheby's, I, d I did the, the trainee program at Sotheby's where you oh, rotated yes. around the company. I worked in the I worked in the, the back room where they bring all the art in. It was my first, you know, three week shift. And then I and then I moved to the catalog desk where I'm sure you both walked into the auction house. You see you see a sort of <laughs> bushy tailed uh, young gun selling you catalogs. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was doing that and I and I um, proudly had the record of of catalog sales in a day, which was about eleven thousand dollars, which I'm <laughs> I, that's probably the proudest moment in my career. Of your life no, still. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Still, yeah. what is your what's the skill to selling that many thousands of catalogs? Initiative, from? Russell, and is it, it was, joke? Is yeah. it telling jokes? It was you know keeping there as long as possible. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean a lot of a lot of sort of Upper East Side elderly elderly ladies who who love a good natter. Um, yes, and who I and you're the charming British but... man, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, anyway. anyway, so then, then actually, then I, I I sort of campaigned hard with the HR department to move into the contemporary art department because that's ultimately where I wanted to go, and mm. uh, and then I got there and I refused to move anymore. So my my trainee program was only about two months long, um, but yeah, so I, I was in the contemporary art department and then I and then I um, quickly actually moved into the business side. Um, the, I, the new CEO, Tad Smith, came in, who's now left the company, but he came in and he, uh, he asked me to work for him alongside a close friend of mine, Bernie. And we, we worked for him on strategy stuff, but also sort of advising him or, or letting him know about what was happening in the art world. I think he saw that we were both young and, and very engaged with what was happening in Mm -hmm. uh, downtown New York, not just the Upper East Side, and and so we yeah we we sort of sat outside his office and worked there for a few years, which was cool. So I think that's probably why I'm I'm, in, I'm currently in business school, and it's that's where the the, the business interest has come from. Um, but yeah, so I I mean sorry I've gone on a long ramble of of how I got interested in art. No no no, that's amazing. No, Casper, even I didn't know this. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Even I'm, I didn't interesting. Bloody know I'm that. actually really interested to know yeah. about Harvard and Oxford because you're currently studying at Oxford University. Yeah. At the um, Said Business Saeed School. Said Business School. But, yeah, exactly. Um, you're doing your MBA, but but how how different is Oxford to Harvard? Because to me, they both sound quite terrifying. It's like they're the kind of like where all the super <laughs> super super bright people go. Mm -hmm. Is it is it challenging? They, they, I mean, both of them were terrifying, um, despite the fact Oxford was in my late 20s and, and, and Harvard was in my teens. I, they they mm. were both terrifying when I first arrived. And uh, very quickly, you realize that everyone's in the same boat as you. So um, you really, really do meet some amazing people and yeah. talking to people and just hearing what they've done and how they've got to where they are and, and, and why they're there standing in front of you talking to you. Yeah. Or you know, sitting at the bar with you, uh, having a beer. That you know, it's 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 been the 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 time I've been in education has actually been the the time I've learned the most from from other people, um, which mm -hmm. has been it's been an amazing experience. I think that's probably why I went back to university. But I'm I'm a f about two months two months and then I'm done, and I promise to never do. So You've hardly what, been there because what's, of this. Yeah, time. what's the journey? Yeah, well, I mean, this this year it's just a one year program at Oxford, their their MBA. Right. So um, it's and half it's been online, uh, which is not really, you know, the spirit of an MBA no. is is networking and doing, which I know I, I I 
I was never really going for networking. I was going to just equip myself with the skills that I needed to uh, be, uh, help, you know, be a change maker in a business. And mm-hmm. yeah. you know, whether that's the, the accounting or the marketing or the or business finance or you know, I'm doing all sorts of other th- other courses, which is you know, v- venture capital stuff and investing in private markets, and you know, not non art stuff or not n- not stuff that I can actually tie to art. But I um, am equally interested. Maybe it's it's again my effort to somehow get out the art world. But I think my passion is always going to pull me pull me back that way. So you see it more as a passion rather than a business. It's like uh, like looking into what you're doing. I thought maybe you'd end up wanting your own gallery space one day well i i i i think it is it is a passion for sure i mean first and foremost it's a passion and i think the sort of business side comes with it and and at the moment and even actually when i when i was just doing the business stuff and i was out of the contemporary art department at sotheby's but more so this year i'm just it's to me it's a sort of sabbatical from the art world um and and you know returning to the UK as well has been a big change after nine years in the US. But it's but it's been I've been able to share my passion and the business by working with just a very small number of people that I am close with. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I'm advising because I just I don't want to use that word. It's overused in the art world. And I don't mm. want to use the word clients because I think of them more as friends. And um, and I only really you know. When I say a small group, I'm really, you know, I'm really talking about I can count them on two hands, and and they're people who are really passionate to learn. That's the most important thing to me. And then, and then they're people who want to, you know, allocate some of their wealth to art as an investment, mm-hmm. which is another way that I look at art. But you know, I've got to, I try and balance these, especially when I'm, you know, buying works of art myself, or or if I'm advising Ellie on what to buy, I I do balance the passion, you know, the the actual importance or the message of a piece yeah. with yeah. the uh investment prospects and of the piece. How, which... how important is that for you ellie the the idea of kind of like expressing yourself through what you collect i think it, i think it's very important uh the more that i learn especially from casper i was just, just listening to him then i i can just tell by the way that he talks about art and when he gets sent something very new and and you know mysterious um you know that no, that no one's seen you know the way he talks about it is just very telling that he really is in it for you know for the for the passion and because he truly uh, you know appreciates um art in in an in incredible way um mm-hmm. but i think that he has definitely helped me um like I, i'm really proud of the fact that we have such a um a collection of female artists um i feel like especially with tracy i can really you know, I can really look at a Tracy and it it reminds me of um, the way that I would, you know, the way that I would draw inspiration to write any of my songs. You know, as you said earlier about love, I write a lot about love and a lot about heartbreak. And I mm. always try and do it in a way that is, that people can, you know, somewhat relate to. Or I always provide some kind of resolution. I always, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm quite intimate and I'm quite, open about my previous relationships and about how they've had an effect on me and the way that I see love and the way that I see you know human behavior um but I suppose Casper knows that I'm not really a money kind of person so Mm -hmm. when if he ever said to me 
this is a great investment. It kind of just goes over my head and it's like a foreign language to me, money stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really been, and Casper knows this, I've never been motivated by money. I, lo- I love the idea that you can buy something that you, that you know, that I can stare at for a long time and then it could maybe at some point draw a song or a lyric out of me. Uh, but I never, oh, wow. I never, I never say to Casper, you know, what's, What's a good investment? Quick, get it for me now. It's just not. That's yeah, not yeah. really how I. How you've, I operate. You've, you've how had I material for your music through through, the, through your artworks. You've actually looked at yeah, your own I art mean, and found. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I when I when I moved to New York, I had two years of just straight art. I think initially I wanted to impress Casper and and any, anything he invited me to, I said, Oh yeah, yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll come. Um, and so that the, initially it was definitely trying to impress him, and then eventually I I was just I was just. Um, you know, I became completely immersed in it and I wanted to see something new every weekend. I wanted to go to a different gallery every weekend. And it was, I think it was, it was Doug Wheeler, right, Casper, um, where I, I yeah, walked it was, into it the... Was, it was the Zwerner 25-year anniversary exhibition, which, which yeah. was a really yeah. great exhibition in New York. And they had a, they had a Doug Wheeler piece. And uh, I'll what was it like? Rest, love. Yeah. It was, a, it was an entirely... I mean, it was a blue room. It was, it was like walking into another world. And I don't know why. I don't know whether it was a combination of things that day. Whether I was, I don't know, I had PMS or something. But I walked in, and uh, it, it just completely overtook me. And I, I, uh, you know, I, I stood there for a few minutes, and then I walked into the studio the next day, and I said, "Right, the album's going to be called Brightest Blue." It just, no it was something like that. Or I said it was going to be called you know, um, that something, something blue. Um, and then we wrote the title track that day and it was about finding a, a new world in the madness of what, whatever's going on today. There's so many things, so overwhelming and finding this escapism. And I think it's kind of a theme with all my albums because I've always, I've always loved the idea of giving people another world and, and making something that people can get lost in, and um, so yeah, so I so I can I can say that that this album was directly influenced by by art. Wow, that's amazing! Amazing. I I, I was really interested in the sculpture because the photo of you with the Tracy in New York. You also have a Rebecca Warren sculpture, a bronze, um, hand painted bronze, and she's another close friend of Russ and, totems, and, and mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a really stunning work that. But I was getting into this idea of like because both of those works are very kind of gestural and expressive and like they have drips of paint, but they also do represent the kind of female figure and the female Femininity, body. Femininity, yeah. Um, is, is that something that appeals to you then? That kind of um, gestural expression? Definitely. Um, personally, I, I, I was always into anything um, anatomical. I think that came from my kind of, I ha- I've always had a morbid uh, fascination since since I was really young. I think that's my dad's, influence of uh, being obsessed with with crime and and I was yeah and the war and um think you know I guess I was exposed to things yeah when I was young that perhaps um you know maybe other people my age weren't in fact when my mum found out that I was reading these crime books and seeing all these horrific things she I think she literally burnt it on the fire um in the garden because my 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 parents were separated so I would see my my dad every couple of weeks and then I'd lived with my mum and her partner um but um yeah I, I definitely I think that I'm not I'm definitely not afraid to have things that are incredibly intimate and that, I mean that's why I love Tracy and 
um, I, I like I like things that that make you um, confront something immediately. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, we definitely had a few people walk in the apartment, so I went, oh God, you know. Um, but I, I could stare at it for ages and, and not feel remotely uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in our bedroom, we have Rachel Kneebone drawings, which oh. we, I mean, we we both love Rachel Kneebone's sculptures, mm-hmm. her ceramics, mm-hmm. and and but mm-hmm. her drawings we saw in the show in Hong Kong at White Cube and and. We were just like we need those, and and they are they're something that sort of Ellie gets up in the morning and looks at them, and they're they're really dynamic. I mean, a lot. I think a lot of the artists we have are, are sort of dynamic artists, you know. And Julie Julie Meritu's works. Well, it's and, like it's like know. almost they almost look like a bunch of limbs, you know, like uh, decapitated limbs on one page, but yeah. they but they look like they're, they're dancing. They're very fleshy. And they're, sculpture they're is fluid, like that, isn't yeah, it? and um, yeah. they're they're kind of romantic, which which doesn't make sense. But I lo- I loved to look at those. The first, you know, first thing in the morning, like they, they kind of filled me with some kind of spirit. Whereas, you know, but they're not, they're definitely not for everyone, but it definitely, there's definitely a kind of running theme in, in the yeah. stuff that I, that I like. I and that's why I'd say a lot of female Sorry. artists are there. It feels like you're collecting female artists' yeah, the, artwork. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of female artists. And I'd actually say that Christina Quarles's work is, is, um, yeah. The work, I mean, especially with this whole um, anatomical thing, but I, her limbs mm. and torsos, they're also mm. incredibly dynamic works. And I didn't see the show at the Hepworth Wakefield, which was my biggest disappointment of last year. But um, that's she's another female artist. But we do, we definitely have, I mean, we have the Pettibons, we have, uh, we have Til- a few Tillmans, we have... Oh, yeah, um, I love Tillmans, love. We have a Jack Whitten. We, have a, we actually have a Cy Gavin, I don't know if you know him. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, and then and and then we have a neon by Jonathan Jonathan Horowitz, which we got from. Mm. Where we get it from? We got it from Gavin Brown, uh, which is a really cool. It's this sort of double cross. These two crosses joined together with, with the rainbow color. That's definitely just, one of my favorites. Yes. I, absolutely, I, I had that above the piano in the short-lived big, posh New York apartment time. <laughs> And uh, it was, it, yeah, it was just this big, shining, you know, double cross. Um, uh, yeah, we've had, we had so many people stop and stare at that. Um, but again, that's somewhere, in, somewhere locked up, sadly, in storage while, we, while we're in this little cottage. So what's the, what's the dream piece, like, for the collection now? Then? Are there works that you, are, like, are really after? And do you also look at emerging artists and what's coming up? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't know if you want to answer this, Ellie, or not, but there's definitely, I mean, I have a list of artists who we both absolutely love. Christina Quarles is top of it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen a better a better artist in the, in the last, I'm not going to put a time, <laughs> time span on that, but just how, <laughs> you know, week. ambiguous. Yeah. Last week, and, yeah. <laughs> last week, no. Yeah. Just, I just find those works, they, they, they deal with race and gender and sex. Yeah. In the very non-binary and fluid and, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, and, I, and I just think, that, I mean, she's an amazing artist. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, the, definitely younger artists. I mean, I saw that you interviewed Jamie and Juliana and, and, and also Jasmine, yes. her, her, her gallerist. I, and yeah, and Jas- Jasmine's great. And I've always liked Jamie's work. And I actually saw a picture of above your bathtub or something. You have one. That's right. Um, yeah. Russell's got yeah, so but, many of her works. He's got like five of her works. He's even got one oh, that's really? like the size he of your, your thumbnail or something. He's got a tiny work by her, the smallest work yeah. she ever made. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, really? we, we went to see a show of hers at Tanya Layton when she was wrapped by her in Berlin. Oh Me and Rob went yeah. over there for Berlin Gallery Weekend, and that was in 2000. And 
six or something, I think it was, Rob, oh, wow. and I bought a painting from that show. And then since then I've been trying crazy to buy, weekend. but obviously the prices now are crazy, so you have to yeah, opt out yeah. at some point. But it's been really exciting being able to be there from like the beginning of someone's career and actually see the effect you have. And just by putting them on your kind of Instagram, yeah. it can give yeah, these yeah. artists profile and support and encouragement. And that's what's really exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I think, yeah, there's um, maybe, maybe we're culprits of not buying young enough, but um, more sort of, sort of emerging enough artists. But, but I do think, you know, we're always looking around and seeing what we like and, um, I really like Issy Wood's work. Um, I love yes. Issy Wood, yeah. Carlos, yeah. She was a guest on Talk Art. We had she's her on Talk Art. Oh, she was? Yeah, oh. she was a new, yeah. a recent one, yeah. Yeah, oh, we love, love, love her. And I'll she's also making music, her. Ellie. You should check out her music. She's working with a very big... I would love to. Yeah, she's fantastic. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. What are your Tillman's images? What ones have you got of his? We have, I don't remember the name of them. So there's, there's one of, of two people hugging, which actually I can see from where I'm sitting. It's like the most uh, incredible hug and he has this little tiny sort of rolly in his in his fingers and he has uh he's like got a shaved head and he's wearing a vest and they're just having this most incredible hug um in fact we've got that one up here haven't we casper that Somewhere. one's up here yeah, yeah that one's up and then here. and then and then there's another one we got which was um we also bought from david zwerner and it's uh it's a very playful one of a of a woman sitting on the floor it's a it's one from i think from the early 90s of a woman sitting on the floor, and it's the, again, it's two names, but I don't remember them. Um, uh, which is also, I mean, we love. I, I keep showing, you know, I, I, my friend at David Zwerner keeps sending me works because I'm always like, send me, please, please keep sending me. We, we <laughs> yeah, love yeah, his yeah, work same, so much, and, same, same. and and Ellie always likes the ones ones with the figures in, and I'm I'm always a little more. Uh, towards the, the still paper life. drops or the abstract yeah. ones, the still well, lives. Yes, the still lives, the, ge- the, the the textures, the denims, and the, yeah, and the, the Fulton Worth series. Those. Yeah. Well, yeah. you'll be happy to hear, Casper. Okay. We have a we have an almost two hour interview with Wolfgang coming out very soon. Wow, oh, cool. one of the most touching conversations we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so wow. so deep oh, wow. and emotional, and was fantastic. Very generous wow. of him to give us that long as well. It was just amazing. Um, Ellie. Has art inspired your album artwork for your new record? Because I, I, when I first saw it, I immediately thought of obviously Joni Mitchell because that was the album that when yeah. I was growing up, my Blue. dad gave yes, me yes, Blue. Yes. And I, I know you've well. done a, a cover, so it's slightly um, 
obvious, I guess. But that is what I thought, of course. But there's also something really artistic about that cover. And I, I thought it was incredibly beautiful, the, the, the kind of blue you've used on the front cover. And has, has art inspired your visuals or, or how you approach making music videos or anything like that? It, it, definitely, it definitely has. Um, I've, I, would, I would say safely that I've uh, evolved in, in a lot of ways since I was a 20-year-old signing a record deal. And just I just didn't... It sounds crazy, but I... I wrote so much, um, I wrote songs on guitar and I could sing and I, I had that and I didn't, it's, it sounds mad, but I didn't understand or didn't grasp the connection, the way that I could, um, I could express my music with art or with visual. In fact, mm-hmm. to the point where I was kind of a rebel against it and I, I, on stage, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I didn't want to represent my music you know with what I was wearing and the artwork around me the you know the the screens and the whatever was on stage I was I was really um I don't know what the word is but I was really um passionate about it just coming from me and my physicality and the way that I Mm -hmm. performed and the way that I moved and my voice and uh so I was yeah like I said I was almost kind of a, a rebel against the idea of dressing my dressing things up Mm-hmm. So I didn't like the idea that I wasn't, uh, I would sort of become not human and in, and that everything else would take over. And I saw, mm-hmm. you know, I was in awe of artists that just had this incredible, uh, these incredible visuals and like, it was like part of their whole thing, it was, you know, every, in everything that they wore and, you know, their artwork and I was really conscious that I just wanted to be this this human that didn't have anything um, to try and um, you know glitter glitter things hide up. Hide behind, but in some then, ways, yeah, and, yeah, hide behind. And um, because you know you can you can have you can have incredible um, you know artwork and and you know photo shoots and things. But then I was just. I was so I was so keen on just my songs telling the story that I almost rebelled against that side of that side. It kind of, of it. makes sense that though because it's it's kind of tied to the idea of authenticity. And you, as a singer songwriter, you believe so much in what you're saying and singing that that you kind of mm. don't want the other stuff to be like some sort of fairground attraction. Yeah, or and, distraction. and you know what? It worked for a long time. It worked for a long time. I've been doing this for. God, I've been doing this for for a long time. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it for like you know ten years now, and. I remember in the beginning, it was a real time of songwriters and it was, I, I sort of came up at the same time as, you know, Laura Marling and Adele and yeah. um, uh, Florence and the Machine. And it was a real, it was a real like storytelling time where it didn't seem to, it didn't, you know, it wasn't like a huge thing that there wasn't mm-hmm. this whole um, visual to go with it, like a visual kind of like story to go with it. Um, but mm-hmm. But actually now I do... I do appreciate that it can it can help you tell that story, and especially in the case of especially in the case of Brightest Blue, uh, where you know I can't deny that so much of the album was affected by my time in New York and the fact that I was completely immersed in art. And like I said, it was it was partly because uh, you know when I, I mean, when I first started playing guitar when I was fifteen, I, it was because of a boy, and then obviously that went away, and then I just played guitar regardless but um it, you know it, i i can't deny that this album was was um definitely more um kind of in, inspired by the by you know what i saw around me and who who mm-hmm. took the photograph of the album sleeve 
You know what? I've been working. I've been working with a a woman who's amazing called Imogen Snell, and she just has this incredible vision. And um, we we had sort of quite a powerful female team actually on that day. Mm. And that was that. God, that was ages ago. That 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 shoot. Um, but um, it was, was it my Louis friend, Banks, my friend it? Louis Bank. It was my friend Louis Banks that took took the actual shot. And we, oh, the first time Louis we met Banks. was Louis was Banks in yeah Louis Banks. Yeah. I saw him <laughs> yeah. during lockdown. He's yeah. been staying in Margate yeah. down the Louis road. Louis Banks shoots cycling on past me. And, yeah, I love yeah. him. He's awesome. Yeah, he's so, quite a lot. He's images. really sweet. He was. He was. I worked with him when I was about nineteen, and I was. Uh, I, I think I messaged on MySpace or, or something and said. Do you want to take a picture of me? I was like, all right. And then that that was it. And I went down to Brighton where he was studying and he took some shots of me and that was my first ever uh, promotional photo. Yeah. (laughs) That's so sweet. Wow. Yeah. Have you worked with a lot of photographers? Have, have, like, have you had some? Because I've seen you've been photographed by Rankin, and then you worked with someone for a couple of years who was nineteen, who you discovered as well, Ronan Park. Ronan, Ronan is Park. Is it important yeah. to you? To, is it important? I lo- What's the story there, and is it important to you? Um, I do love. I do love the idea of um, definitely music. I love working with new people. In fact, my first album was made by. Um, we wrote it in a bedroom in Bromley, where. Um, this guy, Starsmith Finn, um, he, I contacted him as well on MySpace. MySpace is all the rage then. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, do, I think I, I liked to work with very fresh people um, mm. who had, yeah. who, before they were disillusioned by the music industry. Um, mm. and, and I felt like it just had the most magic in it. And they were always really, you know, it, ju- it just had something, that extra kind of, um, I don't know, like authenticity and just... They, you know, they were putting their their mark on it, and, and honestly, like once you get t- brought into the music industry, you then get tempted to do things a bit more commercial, and you, you know, mm. naturally people's sound ends ends up changing. It's so saturated, you you start kind of going towards more. I don't know. I, you, you just it just happens. Um, so mm. the idea of finding people when they've just started out has has always appealed to me, and I, I still I'm still always on the search for the the newest uh, freshest producer all the time I, I was really touched by the opening track on the album even though it's the first song i've actually listened to it about 10 times because serpent with feet who you collaborated yeah. with on that song i mean that track is just really striking because it wasn't what i expected the album to be like i thought the album was going to start with your single power and it was going to be this kind of 80s inspired kind of you know power anthem in a way mm. but that track is so touching and also it's it's kind of re- calling back to a time of like um, difficult times in a relationship or something, which also wasn't the impression I had of your life now, but with Casper. So it was quite a striking start to the record. Um, and what was it like working with him and all the other collaborators? Because I think he's amazing. God, I, I saw him perform with Bjork in, in New York a few years mm. back and was just, it's very rare that I have that, that you know, that cathartic feeling. Uh, mm. And when I heard him sing, I was like, oh my God. And I thought, God, he's way too cool for me and there's no way that he'll ever want to work with me. And I think I messaged him on Instagram. I, I always have this insecurity. And I messaged him saying, I just adore you. Is there any way that we could... Was this on MySpace as well or was it...? <laughs> so this was, this was the, the modern-day MySpace Instagram. Instagram um, and, <laughs> and to my absolute surprise, he he said, I, I would love to work with you. I, I love your voice. And, and so... I, I made I actually I I made sure that he was the only collaboration on the album because I didn't I didn't need anyone else. I thought mm. that I thought that he just ugh, 
yeah, I, I felt like anything else would dist- distract from how incredible he is. And actually, he did sing at our wedding as well. No way. Oh. Yeah, we we managed to get him to to Yorkshire. Um, I think it just coincidentally, he was he he'd done a show in London, then he had a show in Ireland, and he stopped off halfway and. You know, I was really with, I was really together on my wedding day and I was really stoic and I was just really, you know, I was, it sounds crazy, but I was thinking of like all the millions of times or I've had to perform in front of thousands of people. And I thought, I can do this, I can do this. And then the second he started sing, singing, um, I just completely lost it. I Aww. completely, I, I just broke down in tears. Oh, that's so Aww. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and Bjork, Bjork's been a big inspiration to you, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she that. has. Um she that the first time I saw her performing, I think I got back from some I think I was about fifteen and I'd been out camping. I don't know if any of you used to do this, but camping was a big thing in the teens in the countryside because it was the only time we could get away with drinking and yeah. no one would find us or uh, discover us. Yeah, and so we'd take, like, a bottle of Smirnoff down to, like, one of the fields and go camping. And um, I think one night I, I decided to not stay out and I came home and, and I stumbled in and I turned the TV on and she was performing, I think, maybe at the Albert Hall, and she was she was wearing this incredible, I don't know what it was, but uh, it was the first time I'd really... I'd only ever heard this song, you know, it's so, so quiet on the radio. I think it's the only one that they played. Mm. And yes. um, then, then that was that was like a new thing for me. It was like the first time I heard a female voice that that um, uh, you know, apart from pop singers, um, I just it suddenly made me feel like my voice made a bit of sense because I, I did ha- often have people tell me that my voice was a bit too weird and a bit odd, mm. and um, so she kind of made me feel validated in some way. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. You also worked with um, Juice World on the album, which is that's a sad story about his life. But we had another yeah. artist called Catherine Bernhardt, who Rob actually works with and who she's been a guest. And she was a yeah. massive fan of his work. What, what was that experience like? And I mean, that's heartbreaking. God, it really was. Um, the, the first time that I met him actually was was after we, we did the track and... I said I, w- I would love Juice World to be a part of this track, uh, and I think a couple of people were like, "Oh well, not sure." And in in my head, I thought, "Yeah, he's not w- going to want to be on an Ellie Goulding track." And to my surprise, again, um, <laughs> he, he he said yes, he'd love to, and he did his verse, and it really haunted me. Uh, I think the mm. first time I heard him sing "Lucid Dreams" um, with the was it was it the um, the, the Sting uh, sample. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I found it really haunting, and um, and I, I instantly wanted to do some kind of project with him. And then we met on the video um, in LA, and he was really sweet and brought his entire family. And uh, yeah, I just I just remember him just being really polite, really sweet. And when I found out, obviously about his passing, I was just I was. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't speak. It was he, he had a lot more, a lot more to give, a lot more to offer, and mm-hmm. I think even he, he's he's released some. I think his his family have released some tracks because yeah. he really was on on his way up, and it's just yeah. horribly sad. 
you know, his, his passing actually had a massive impact on the artist community in the art world, especially in New York and in L.A. Mm. So I, I really felt it when he passed. And it devastated Catherine Bernhardt, who we work with. We actually mm. even sang one of his songs really badly at the end of the interview we did with her. But, <laughs> but yeah, he was amazing. Guys, can I quickly talk to you about something else now? So the time we've just been through this lockdown has been such a kind of, I think a lot of people are reevaluating the way that they're looking at business and the future of their business. And then also now with the Black Lives Matter movement, which is, mm. you know, finally getting heard getting momentum everywhere and, really and getting heard, yeah. kind of global momentum with every single mm. person, you know, we know committing mm. to this now for the rest of their mm. lives. Yeah. But how do you feel about the future of the art world and also the future of the music world and specifically with the idea of kind of climate as well? Because I know that you're a, you, Ellie, are on the UN, you, you're an environmental kind of ambassador and you, you care a lot about climate crisis and there's also been this article that's just come out in the art newspaper and we're all on a whatsapp group all the galleries and we're we're forming this kind of gallery climate coalition where wow. we're thinking about getting beyond things like just offsetting your carbon footprint but actually changing the way that you package artworks for shipping yeah. maybe giving up air flights with shipping completely and only doing sea freight because even though there's still an impact on the climate with sea freight yeah um it's just a lot lot healthier for the world and there's artists like gary hume who is is saying his work can only travel like that now so how do you feel about that with music and also the art world Casper, do you want to, I've been gassing uh, for a while, do you want to, do you want to? I think Ellie missed out the fact that the first thing I said to her before that I love pies and Yorkshire puddings is that I don't know anything about music, so I probably can't (laughs) comment on the music, on the music side, but, but on the art world, the art world side, I mean, I mean, the question is, 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 uh, what's the future for art fairs? Because I think that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest contributors to, uh, mass travel in the art world. Yes. Um, shipping artworks you know what shipping artworks with the people i work with they are more than happy not to have this crazy expedited like we need it on the plane tomorrow um i know it they, seems they so irresponsible no... that and so impatient it's like yeah it's I, yeah, yeah it really is um but i i I, th- I hadn't heard about this the galleries forming a coalition around climate which is i'm going to look into that or maybe i'll ask you about it after yeah the article this. was written by annie shaw um and it came out okay, at the end cool. of may but it's really well researched and really she's a brilliant writer um amazing yeah um but, but no i think with I mean, the shipping I, with I, crates I, isn't there it's like all the crates that, can only get used insurance wise once because then if you want to insure it then so there's all these like empty crates everywhere that are just totally that's, massive some of them and then what do you do what do you do with those i mean i know there's a framing place in london that's turned them into window boxes and stuff which is yeah, a really good yeah. idea yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. like that's the part of the thing. It's like there's this excess. I, I almost feel like we need to get we need to get materials that will degrade. Mm. You know what I mean, and will become back mm. into the yeah, earth, yeah. sort of thing. So that even if they are, even if it takes a while, like I, I don't know, then we need to come up with something. I mean, it's just it is really crazy. Yeah. I think I mean it's 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 not it's not. I mean the art the art world and and the music world are. Uh, you know, you know, you have these people in, in which I, which Ellie will comment on, but you know, people in the music world who are saying we're not going to tour uh, yeah. because we don't agree with the the travel and the and the carbon mm-hmm. footprint. But I don't, you know, I just don't think you'll ever see that in the art world, which is such a shame. So I think there's got to be a way to figure out how to do this that isn't, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll we'll see how augmented. But the, reality, on, the online stuff's been a success, hasn't it? The online it gallery, actually, like surprising. online viewing rooms and yeah, yeah. the art fairs being shown online has sort of worked. Yeah, it has. And I, are, your, are your client, well not your clients, your friends, are they buying right now? Is it, do you yeah, feel like they've no, slowed they are, down? Yeah, they are buying and, and obviously it's been a busy week just given the fair that's on. So 
I keep buying things out of boredom. That's what's the tr- bloody problem with this time. <laughs> so what I are your online shopping? I keep going what on, you know, Netta Porter and buying things I oh, absolutely right, right. do not need. Do not need. Um, yeah. No, and that's think that's my weakness, shopping. But I think this time is definitely, it's definitely made us realise what we potentially don't need to be doing that we have been doing before and I think it's I think it's going to change people like for example um sorry to cut in Casper but like talking about the music world is that I've been doing performances for all you know I've done a James Corden performance I've done a you know a Jimmy Kimmel I've done Jules Holland I've done everything from my living room and I'm like you know I think people have appreciated the intimacy of that situation the fact that they can see mm my living room and they can see my you know um, petabons in the background they can see my art they can see my bits and pieces in fact most people commented on the size of my bar which I was a bit offended by saying you know <laughs> suggesting I'm an alcoholic how dare they um but um but you know so, so I wonder if they're gonna then not want to go back to the you know the clinical venues where they just they don't have there's nothing personal about it and you know you can mm. literally put on a show where you don't have to be yourself you can play someone else you can have all this or you know you can have this all the screens and you can you can create these visuals around yourself and yeah that's you know it's it's really exciting to watch but I think I think there's such a fickle nature in the in you know and fast gratification these days that maybe people are going to enjoy watching these things from from the house and maybe people are going to enjoy yeah, only yeah. having to look at art from from home so it's just like it's it is really interesting from my point of view to to understand how people work and what appeals to them because i think this has definitely opened up a whole new world of appeal in people in terms of in terms of buying art um at any level you know even if it's even if you're spending a few hundred dollars on a piece of art or you're spending thousands um i'm curious what what you um you you both think about you know from the collector side and from the gallerist side about Mm. um the importance of seeing an artwork because i find it very tricky uh to buy an artwork personally when i haven't i can buy an artwork if i've seen a video of it you know where they move over the surface and they view it from different angles and and you know what that's that is um in, especially in the situation we're in, that is is more than enough. Buying it for just from a PDF, I really struggle with, um, or buying just from an image, it's I, yeah. I really struggle. I mean, with, but we we as a gallery, um, Carl was really anti the idea of doing a kind of online viewing room, and he was he kept saying to me this this thing of. Um, of like, it's just a website. Has, do people not realise these, they've been given a password to log into something and it's just literally a website, yeah. um, you know, with the images that were always there before. It's not really that different. So he he made a kind of decision that was quite difficult in lockdown because we had to um, install a mini exhibition, um, you know, without going near any of each other. It was quite crazy. So he went in at like 11pm at night, you know, and made a little film. And, um, and like you said, like filmed up against yeah, yeah, all the yeah. works and took all different photographs and different angles. And then even made the photographs become a film and the idea of that was that he curated this mini exhibition so the works also weren't just randomly plot you know um sort of put next next to each other they actually were in conversation with each other and we had a really great success with it and also it felt considered and personal and also very true to who who we are and i I think that's the key is to not lose your personality as a Mm. gallery through doing something like that 
Mm. So people viewed it through the video, is that, or the, or they, it was? Yeah, the video we we actually built our own supplement. our own online viewing room because he got so um, he just didn't really like anyone's online viewing room, so he made his own using Squarespace. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was videos, really successful. So. Everyone has such a short attention span nowadays that doing, um, you know, even watching these long long video long art videos, I just mm. people I just imagine people struggle with them, which is you know I'd be very surprised if anyone got to the end of this podcast listening to me drool on you know it's like you know people are so like just what's what's the next yeah. thing so yeah um I, although I, just, I must say casper we're rebelling against that because we were told when we started doing a podcast you should do 30 minutes and we've ended up doing like an hour an hour and a half and oh, the listening really? figures are going up and up and up and actually yeah oh, really? i think people are yearning for real connections and real conversation yeah. and yeah, you know yeah. i think people will actually find what you've been saying really interesting so do you guys know how a song is uh, counted as a stream technically on spotify no no it's it's only counted if you spend 30 seconds or more listening to it okay so they've taken into account that people just get bored easily and and uh and but it, but it shows that if they've listened to more than that you know length it means that you know it counts as a true enjoyment or a true uh, investment of the song and therefore wow. it counts as a, as a stream i mean look like it takes millions of streams to you know to to make you know significant amount of of cash or whatever so that you know it's always being questioned as to whether you know uh, streaming sites are being fair to artists and things like that yeah 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 i just thought that was an interesting fact (laughs) yeah definitely yeah yeah if they get over 30 seconds then it's official that they they want to listen to it and if not well well, it counts towards a stream and therefore it counts towards your essentially what your what you end up eventually being your royalties will be yeah Yeah, what your royalties are and then also your chart position Right, right, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That all contributes now. Yeah. Yeah. So people listening, if they don't want to, they don't want to give you any money, but they want to hear your music, they can have thirty seconds of each, and then just switch <laughs> it off, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's why people are loading up at the first half of a song with something really, you know, spectacular and and enjoyable, and then, you know, that's all. That's all they need to do. So they yeah. get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. We, Casper, we, we also joined Artsy for the first time. We were quite late to the party, I think because we did sign up in 2014 and then we just didn't really feel it was working for us. But now it seems to be working really well and um, I'm doing great business with loads of people in America. But again, everything's going to be shipped very slowly, I think. Really? Um, through, through Artsy, you're getting yeah. new Yeah, with both our Artsy, businesses because really. we have the print business, Counter Editions, with very yeah. big names and that's booming through Artsy. And then the gallery's doing really well with certain artists as well, which has really surprised me. And that was Russell's suggestion as well. I asked Russell his advice. That's great. Thank you. He said, okay. Okay. Rush, do, you, do, you, do you like buying online? Do you know what? I was thinking, thinking about that. I, I'm really happy to buy PDF and JPEG, but only normally artists where I collect in depth or I know mm. their work really well, because then I can sort of gauge what that work's going to be like in the flesh. Whereas if it's a new artist that I don't know, yeah. I'm, I'm probably more reluctant and want to see it in the flesh. And then when it yeah, comes totally to like the masterpieces, you've got, we've got to get back in the museums. I can't wait for everything to be open again because yeah. there's no way, there's, there's nothing like enjoying a real masterpiece in front of you in the flesh. But I'm happy. I'm I saw happy you, I saw on in your Instagram, you were in uh, Lambeth Green at an exhibition today. <laughs> yeah, Tommaso Corvimora has opened a show there. Such that has, a good exhibition. Uh, an artist called Shawanda Corbett, who is oh, cool. this um, ceramicist painter. It's her first show. Lynette Yiden Bayachi is her teacher and recommended that 
uh, Tommaso looked at oh. her work and the work is just fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've been out and about. As soon as there's been a gallery that's saying like we're open, I'm there with my mask on, giddy <laughs> with excitement to get back into gallery spaces. <laughs> I've even got a David Trigley mask. So I've, um, oh, really? I've, I've, I've made the experience of having to wear a mask and artwork. Good times. <laughs> Does it say something <laughs> funny on it? It's a performance or? artwork, Rob, yeah. It says um, emotions, which is very me as well. Very <laughs> 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 Listening to Ellie's music this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we ask every guest that comes on two very important questions. The first one is, if you two, and you can ask this separately or together, if you could do an art heist, you could have any work of art in the world to yourselves for the Golding Joplin collection, what would it be and why? Casper, you have to answer this one, surely. Um, well, I... Love, I always like to consider your perspective on, on an artwork. Uh, <laughs> um, for me, I mean... Very wise. It would, it, you know, I'd find it hard not to steal, you know, a Pollock drip painting. Um, oh, right, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I think, yeah, maybe I'm going too, too classic. Would it be a the, Twombly for me? I, maybe it would be a Twombly It would be a Twombly for, for you, yeah, for sure. Bloody I think you'd love steal Twombly. it from... A certain collector's house, which probably not best said on, on, on here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but, uh, exactly. I'd probably, I'd, I'd go to Steve Kern's house and I'd just, you know, I'd probably just loot the lot. <laughs> really? I so you, I, you love his collection? I'd go to Jay's house and loot the lot, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have they got? What are their pieces then that you look what, at? Um, Darling, what's the, like, what's, the J, what's, what's the one in Jay's hallway that I'm, that I'm completely obsessed with? Um, I don't know if, 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 Jay would want us to talk about, but but off topic, oh, George Baselitz is a great is a, is an artist that oh, yeah. Ellie really loves. So it is, it, uh, it is a George Baselitz, yeah. It is a, I'm, it I'm is a George gonna, I'm going to disclose that right now, yeah. And I would um, die to have that. It's a compliment. Yeah. Figure is it of a man yeah. upside yeah. down? Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 a really great piece. But I but I yeah. I guess I don't have a concrete answer. I think there are. There are many places that I would just want to go and <laughs> want to go and loot, um, yeah. but you know maybe you'll maybe you'll see that in the in the news, you know. Yeah. When, when you went the... to um, Venice as a kid, did you go to the Peggy Guggenheim? You know what? I didn't go to. I didn't. Which was, wow. which was always. It was. I've actually never been. I've never been. So that's. Um, oh, it's one of my favourite places in the world. It's like really. I love that. Really yes, special, I love yeah. her house. Really. You've got to actually, go there, you know yeah. what? You know what? Actually, you know what? I would steal, but it wouldn't fit in here. Is is Guernica? Um, and I, 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 I've only been to Madrid. It's a basic art heist. Once or two. Yeah. It's a basic <laughs> art heist. I mean, I'd probably have to take it off the stretcher and roll it. But you know, I, I imagine yeah. I could get out the window quick enough. Is it even one stretcher? Yeah, I think it's probably like more than one. Stretcher. <laughs> it's it's, it's like probably a lot of stretches. Biggest work I've ever seen. Yeah. But it, I mean, that that was a work that I have um, probably spent. The longest standing in front of, and I, really? I almost missed a flight. I had a very angry father. Um, we had a family weekend in Madrid, which is the one of the two times I've been to Madrid. Prado, and I isn't it? Yeah. Spent a lot of time in the Prado and the Reina Sofia, and the, both incredible museums. And I just stood in front of Guernica for so long. And actually, my mum went recently to Madrid for the first time, and I told her to go and see it, and she. She is not as much of an art enthusiast as I am, but she said that she could understand the power in it, especially when she knew the context of the painting. Absolutely. The, the, the Absolutely. other question we ask every guest is um, linked to Ellie's new album, cover, um, album title. Um, what, what is your favourite colour? 
And you can't say brightest blue. Oh, no. <laughs> the brightest blue. The brightest, Not just any brightest. Blue. The brightest, the brightest, blue. brightest blue. <laughs> yeah, I what is your favourite colour? I think, I mean, I, I um, am a bit of a weirdo. I have to wear black every day. Um, I have to wear, it's very rare that I will not wear black unless I've been sent an outfit where my, where my people say, wear this. Um, so uh, I, when I'm in the studio, I have to wear all black, kind of like a blank canvas so that I don't mm-hmm. get distracted by anything that I'm wearing. I can't wear, I once um, drunkenly indulged in buying myself a diamond ring, which I now regret, um, in the height of my like, kind of rock star period. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I can't wear any kind of, any kind of jewellery, any makeup, anything with colour in the studio. I have to have, I have to just have, it has to be black t-shirt, black, um, like, uh, I can't even wear tight tries. It has to be like I'm, I don't about to embark on something physical. So, um, mm. yeah, so maybe, maybe that's kind of my answer. What about you, Casper? Well, effectively, you're, you're a goth. You're coming out as a goth. <laughs> Look, on, I, was a goth. <laughs> I was a goth. You're, you're in, I was a goth. You're in the craft, yeah. basically. I was, I can imagine fact, it, though. Yeah. I had my lip pierced, um, you know, in the middle, below, uh, below my bottom lip. And I was 14 when I had that. And that was really out there, you know, 14, having like a, a, a bar in your lip. Um, yeah. And then I had, I, in fact, I did have a lot of piercings. Uh, but mm. I, I was a, did I, you have I your tongue a done? goth. Didn't have my tongue done. I had my belly pierced Eyebrow. twice. I had about seven up each ear. Then I had my lip. <laughs> um, didn't have my nose. But I did dye my hair black for a good few years. That's where all the, the taste comes from for that art you were buying, like very emotional, yeah. like yeah. gothic, like I dark, think it might. shipwreck yeah. art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Casper? I, I, Casper, what's so your favourite colour? My favourite colour is uh, orange, which which yes. I remember I used to have a pair of trousers that were orange and I uh, used to get called. Anyway, that doesn't that doesn't matter what I used to get called, but... I, I think that it does. Orange, it does matter. You it can't say really anything like half the, really half the joke and the story. Does, it, what did you get called, Casper? It, something to do with rock, paper, and scissors, or it was something to do with that. Yeah, it was. A, it was a Richard <laughs> Prince joke. But but orange. I mean, orange. I don't. I don't have a reason for loving orange. But and and actually, you know, in in Sotheby's they tell you orange is not a commercial color. But but I think I think orange is. I know exactly. I, I'm because totally orange disagree. is my favorite color, and you've got really good. Oh, taste. it is. So, but yeah. it's a, it's it's a very emotional color, I think, and I think you know the same way with, with Marmite. People either love it or hate it, don't they? And it's yeah. it's 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 energy, and it's it's it I, is I, energy. I, I, I agree. It is, yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, and you what know, else, and what else did they tell you at Sotheby's? What else? What like the, I, that makes <laughs> what other lies the John Ball, the John Ball red, red cells, red cells, orange world. doesn't. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and and don't the cows don't sell, do they? And a painting of a cow doesn't sell. Sometimes but a sheep they say green doesn't sell will. as well. I think I've heard that. You know what they're saying? Yeah. That there's a picture um, in in uh, Carlos Ishikawa's booth in Art Basel of a cow that I really want to buy. And uh, Vanessa Carlos was emailing me and telling me how amazing it is. And it's funny that you mentioned that. I think it's, you know, it it's, and that's a young Eichmann's? artist. I, is it him? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. Ben no, it's Eichmann's. not. It's, oh. No, it's we not. I, he, he's great. But there is, it's an artist that I hadn't heard of, but I'm trying to pull it up on my computer, but I can't find it. Uh, you should check it out. Check out their their. Their PDF preview, or their, oh, or their, and actually, their you know, you were talking about what what people called you at school. Um, I've heard you describe yourself as a dork as well, which is another yeah. great thing because Russell and I are both geeks, so we Term relate. Geeks. I think we're all geeks here. I think we've all determined <laughs> yeah. we're all, we're all a geeks. bunch of nerds. Yeah, 
<laughs> totally, totally. Well, you guys are great. I've got one last question for you. It's really serious. Apparently, you love puzzles. You'd make yes, them together. I've got this. What images? What images are on your puzzles? Is easy for you. I was like, what? are they? Yeah, are they RT four hundred pieces or are they? What are they? Beans? Are they beans or like buildings? What are the they? Last, of your the last, pi- the last puzzle that Casper had to endure was a puzzle. Uh, I, I once mentioned that ha- that I love Downton Abbey, and so somebody bought me a Downton Abbey puzzle, and Casper had to do that. He was so bored. I think that was the only option. Um, yeah, I, I've but... never watched. I've never watched Downton Abbey, but I, it, it was a fun puzzle. And okay. uh, but but we do we we we, ha- we do have you know sort of Liechtenstein, Kandinsky sort of knockoff puzzles. Good. I guess they couldn't they're they couldn't afford the rights, so they're just they're, so they're knockoffs. Classy. I love this. <laughs> Puzzles. You know, we, we yeah. spoke to Elton John recently and he was also doing puzzles. So it seems to be the, okay. the great thing to do in, in lockdown. I've got some Downton yeah. Abbey gossip um, for Ellie. Have you? So yes. Ellie, yes, I, I, used to be in a, I used to be in a band a long time ago and we actually did a gig together in 2010 at the ICA Gala, which really? is also very art related. We were supporting Brian Ferry. And yeah. you oh, wow. you did like an acoustic set. It was at Coco in Camden. What? And yep. And you did an acoustic set. It was kind of March no 2010. Way. I looked it up to, today, and I was in a band called Tempo Shark, and I played just after you, and then Brian Ferry came on, oh and uh, that was my last ever concert. So I gave up music. For that. But <laughs> really? the year after, Downton Abbey in America took one of my songs and used it for the advertising campaign in America, and I found out the first day at Freeze, my first ever day working as a gallerist. I, 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 at an art fair my mum called me and was like the night before or something and was like I think you've had this offer for like uh, Downton Abbey so I've actually got a link to Downton Abbey and then Russ and I went to this hilarious like charity gala the other uh, month for Mr Porter and one of the actresses the lead actress Laura whatever her name is Laura Carmichael is that her name Yes, Laura Michael. Yeah, something like yeah that. so yeah. she came up to oh, yeah. me and was like, I love your podcast. So we have Downton Abbey fans. Oh, great. So, <laughs> it's, you know, it's just a big, it's, it's a big escapism thing for me. I, I used to be really into period dramas. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's it's something about, it's just, Casper's really not on the same, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not his thing at all. Uh, but yeah, mm. I, I am a big fan no. of, you know, old, uh, yeah, period stuff. Great. Wonderful. And favourite museum to finally finish up, Casper, Ellie, what's your favourite museum in the world? Uh, I mean, MoMA. So it's boring, but it's, it's MoMA, Tate. MoMA, Tate, mm. Reina Sophia, but probably MoMA. I think it's hard to I think Tate. Mm-hmm. For, I think Tate for me. I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's kind of down the road from my place in London. And mm-hmm. I, I think maybe because, partly because of us, Casper. Um, yeah, it was, I our, think that it was, was our first date. Tate yeah, that was our, that was our first date. Tate, Tate Modern, yeah. Um, that yeah, that was a fun day, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> what, what are your, your favourite museums? And you've you've probably said them in another podcast, but I apologise. Um, yeah, curious. I'd like to know. Uh, mine would be in the states is the Whitney. I love the Whitney. Uh, I nice. think that's magic. Yeah. I love that place. And then in the UK, I really love what the Chisenhow does. Uh, mm. I think they're an amazing institution. Obviously, yeah, the Tate is a no-brainer. Um, yeah. But, yeah, what about you, Rob? I love the Reina Sophia because um, I just think it's one of the best places in the world to be. Like, I feel the happiest mm. I've ever felt when I'm there. Oh, and I also so think nice. Madrid has oh, the great. most incredible light and... 
and I'd never seen like Hieronymus Bosch before and mm. um, I saw it there for the first time and like just all these paintings and mm. I saw a Goya show there and it kind of taught me about old art funnily enough Russ and I are actually writing a book at the moment a talk art book and one of the things I've said in the intro was this idea that when I was growing up I hated old art you know this mm. so, so stuffy and just was not interested in mm. it but mm. with Raina Sophia is where I went and actually for the first time realized the kind of majesty and incredible talent of these and mental ideas I mean the stuff in the Hieronymus Bosch paintings are more progressive than like even like a Rachel Nebone you were mentioning earlier you know like mm. like just just totally insane like yeah you yeah. know wild and you can't quite believe that's the 1500s it's like really yeah um wow so, that's yeah. so cool yeah. So cool. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's so yeah, exciting nice having two us. people on the show. It's like really different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two people in love with art. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> in love. Let's bring it back to love. Yeah. So, uh, for all images about we were talking about today, everyone listening, we have at Talkart on Instagram. And are you two guys on Instagram and up for people are following? They on Instagram. We sure. are. Yep, I, <laughs> we are indeed. What's your handles? What's your handles? Yeah. Oh, mine's just at Ellie Goldie. Yeah. Yeah, mine's at Casper Jopling, and it's just a lot of of art. I know. I saw, and I I I think you followed followed me back. back. I follow you both back. And I was um, thrilled by great. your Instagram, actually, Casper, because you have about 15 Rebecca Warren sculptures posted. And I, that's my favourite. Yeah. So I, like, <laughs> yes. I was like, this guy's really we cool. Love. Yeah, we yes. love Rebecca we love Warren. Rebecca. Thanks for supporting her, yes. we love her. Um, well, thanks Amazing. for listening, everyone. We'll be back very soon. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks, oh, Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank I love that. Thank you. That was so Bye. much fun. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at TalkArt, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to TalkArt at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com